This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors. And today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. What's up, AfterBuzzers, and welcome to the Four Life After Show. This is season one, episode 12, closing statements. This was a big episode. I'm looking forward to talking about it. Of course, we've got all my favorite, favorite friends with me. Jeff Will in the building. How you feeling? What's good, man? I'm great, dog. Like this episode had me going through it. It was a roller coaster, but we here. We're here to talk about it, and I love it. Looking forward to it. And Dot McDonald, how are you? I'm doing great. Everybody looks amazing. Um, just like Jeff, <laughs> this had me so stressed out. I can't wait to get into it. <laughs> yeah, this was probably the most tense for me too. And then last without, or last but certainly not least, Emily May. How are you? <laughs> no, I'm good. I last. That's okay. No. <laughs> Uh, I'm great. I really did enjoy this episode. I'm excited to talk about it. Okay. Well, let's get down to it. Now, we usually talk about, of course, a few different pieces and elements. Tonight, we're going to start with the warden, though, because we got to see so much um, from her. And y'all know that she has not been one of my favorite characters up until this point. But we got to see a lot of that action. So I guess we, we can dive in there. They did a great job of just picking up, you know, pretty much where we left off. Um, but things that didn't take long before they got interesting. So with the warden, I mean, who I finally found out, they said her name a lot tonight too, Sophia Masri. Yeah. Uh, I'm just like, <laughs> crack up things. But we really got to see her walk into kind of who she is. I think that maybe a couple of weeks ago, we were just talking about how she's just playing or everybody's kind of finding this balance between right and wrong and integrity and who they want to be. So what did you think about about seeing her in that way? You know, seeing the warden tonight really just made me so impressed at where her heart is. We've been kind of figuring out what her motive is all throughout. And this episode really tied everything together. She was really always about her reforms and really trying to treat the prisoners as human beings. And of course, there were moments in which things got tricky and she had to make tough decisions. And on our end, they looked kind of shady. But the way she held it down for Aaron and the way at the end of the day, she still was trying to make sure that the changes she made in the prison were still there even if she wasn't there just was so profound and really showed us that she cares about the prisoners more than she cares about herself when I say the warden was ride or die for Aaron I was like that's the type of person that I need on my team period yeah she definitely was willing to do what needed to be done just to kind of help him I mean 
and it was nice to also see just so many people rally around yeah. justice and what's right. Emily, what did you think with the warden? Yeah, I mean, I love this episode because you have, the, this was one episode where I felt like there was a female lead, where I feel like she was really taking, like, the reign of, like, her power, and she really fought for justice, she really fought for Aaron, and what I liked is that we actually saw the contrast between what leadership was like in the prison before, and then what it could easily turn into when she's not in power, so... And we already saw moments of that in this episode, and that was only for a few hours. So I can't even imagine when it's another six months to a year, all of the damage and all of the, just so much of the trouble that, that a, a warden that is super strict and super not caring and com compassionate can cause. And so I love that we got to see her compassion and see that she really wanted to have prison reform and really like create a system that was fair uh, for all types of prisoners. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think one of the things we didn't talk about in predictions before, I don't know if anybody saw it coming that we would have to be faced with Cyrus Hunt, the old warden again. Mm -hmm. I mean, that certainly threw Did me not see that coming. Loop. Jeff, what were you thinking? No, I, I love that twist because like it gave us a reason to have him in the backstory. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, yeah. we needed a previous warden before Masri, but to have him as such a predominant character in the in the throwback or the um, previews or whatever, mm -hmm. and to be in this episode as a predominant a-hole, kind of like strict, kind of like, I'm going to do what I want. This is my authority. I think it was cool to see. And it kind of gives us already that, like, we're already annoyed because we already know you as a character. We're already invested because we know we don't like you. So I think it was it was great to see as a great twist because I like you said I you weren't expecting it I wasn't expecting it. it was it was crazy but I but like kind of to touch on your last question I love the development of um the warden because like you kind of see her um being nice to the, to every um inmate that would come into her room she's like you guys you guys can leave us it's just me and him so I knew that she she felt one with the with the people because they are people. They're they're more than just um, cell. I mean, like people in the jail. Like they're real humans. So I knew that. But then when she was kind of forced at the last second, she's like, "Look, you're gonna be kicked to the curb. What do you? What's important to you? It was the people and Aaron specifically, and then her her initiatives that are helping the people. So I I love that whole thing. And we sh we saw all of her character because all she could do was save people, and that's all she wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, and I loved how I yeah I loved how it was her voiceover in this episode, mm -hmm. and it it set it up and then it and then it bookended it, and so I really love that element and that kind of way they've used voiceover before. It's usually Aaron, and so I really loved how it was her and it was from her perspective that she really is trying to make a difference in, yeah, in these people's in these people's lives. It was the perfect narration. Just of course, we all have been anticipating this retrial and getting there so for a second it was just like oh god are we never going to get there we got to go through something else but I think two other things that really helped me to just see and I think the show just continuing to show that prisoners are people one is if you see people hurt hurt people always appear to be human and people so we got to see that tonight and then the second thing was with Cyrus the old uh warden just coming in and that element of 
people knowing something is wrong, but still feeling that they have to do it and not being able to go against it. I just started to think about, you know, how leadership and things operate, how easy it is for just things to get swept under the rug and like never be examined. So it took her to even still, you know, go back to implement it to safeguard kind of what she did. So what do you guys think, uh, I guess in terms of that element, just seeing you know, more of the people hurt and just that recognition just kind of compares to today's society as well. Uh, and then the second part, just about people who see who see stuff that's wrong, but whose responsibility is it, you know what I mean, to make the difference? How do you get to, to that point? Jeff, you can start. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely loved it. And I'm going to start from, from last episode because I kind of touched on it. If you remember the um, the CEO that was inside the fight, inside the little um, workout area, was getting helped by cellmates because they were also scared and they also were humanized. They wanted to help this guy. So you see the like the humans on behind bars, so the, the cellmates and all that. But then you see the humanization of the COs and the, the police officers that are inside the jail cell because they're like talking to Aaron like, dog, I know you need to be here but I literally can't do anything. You know who the CEO, you know who the OCO is. I'm trying. He literally like, it was, he literally said, it's not about the money. Like when he said that, that hit me. I was like, dog, I'm on your side. Aaron, what are you doing? You like, he's trying to help you out. He's been trying to help you out. So I, I love seeing that. And not to go on off like too far off, but like in this time right now, seeing the human side of police officers of the, of the criminal justice system is is a blessing in disguise because we do not see that in real life and in the news i know there are real good police officers and people in the jail cell and everything but we don't get to see that enough so seeing that in this episode it was just it was a blessing absolutely it was icing on the cake for sure what, what about you dot um, yeah, I think one of the moments that I really, you know, got to see the humanization of the prisoners is when the after the fight, all the chaos was happening and all their family members were lined up outside. And it's like we're watching this show and we are seeing prisoners and we see them for what they've done and the power that they hold. But on the other side, there are families, brothers and sisters that are sick and worried to death about the possibility of their loved one be hurt or harmed. And when you ask the question about you know who who did wrong I also on the flip side really got to see why some people are hesitant about making reforms because in this situation although all those things are good and I think they all have good intentions switching and altering and giving a little bit of freedom could turn into this huge fight that we had in the gym so even though the old warden's approach is really harsh this kind of gave me that little inkling of understanding why they may just stick to the book and just stay straight across because they want everybody to be safe including themselves they're like i'm not here to help them they did wrong they're doing time i'm here to implement order and that's it yeah, that element of fear kind of gets in the way of people really being true activists or kind of leaders in the reform. Um, what about you, Emily? What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I feel like this episode, we kind of saw humanity on both the sides of like the correctional officers and kind of their, their like vulnerabilities and kind of how they might have done wrong. But then also we saw the humanity, like again, the families of the inmates. We saw 
you know, Marie trying to, trying to get information. Like, I can't even imagine hearing that there was four people that passed away, that died, and you heard about this big fight, and then having no information hours later, like, and still not being able to contact uh, the, the prison and knowing, like, wh what the status is of your loved one. And so I feel like this episode, especially there was some correctional officers, I forget his name, but he went and talked to, like, the, the, the old uh, warden who kind of took over, and there was that kind of conversation where it kind of went back to the status quo of like, all right, if you do something for me, I'll hide this. And there, there's like that, that kind of blackmail kind of thing. And it felt like we didn't necessarily need to, we don't need to have that. Like it, I, I liked, uh, I liked um, the, the current warden's way of doing it where she was compassionate and making reforms that are not only good for the correctional officers, but good for the, good for the, the inmates. And yeah. so I just, I felt like, there needed to be a scrubbing of like these kind of prison politics because it's causing more damage um, and, and harm. And that's kind of how this whole fight, which we're seeing the ramifications of it in this episode. That's how that whole fight happened is there's politics and the CEOs kind of had some behind the scenes stuff to do with it. Um, so yeah, it's very complicated and it's very like yeah. unnerving and, and um, I got you. And I think, too, just kind of continuing on with humanity and just some other elements in the show that we got to see, or just in terms of every person kind of has the ability to impact and make a change. Now, that CO, I don't think they said his name. You know, we have trouble keeping up with people with some names. But the good thing that we got to see from him, not only did he go to hunt uh, Cyrus, the old warden, and fess up based off of his experience and what he believed. But even when he was like, okay, well, I'll bury it, but you're mine now, he still then did go back and speak to um, Masri, the current warden, and it still got out. But just kind of seeing how each person can be responsible and accountable for their own actions. Another thing that I didn't expect to see uh, was C.O. Foster's suicide. I didn't think that he was going to, I, you know, I never saw that coming. I thought, okay, well, maybe we will get to see him be accountable for his actions because we got to see a lot of people talking about what he did, how he was wrong. But then when he went and got the gun, I, I was just like, okay, I don't, I can understand it, I guess, but I didn't see that that character would do something like this. Dot, what did you think about that? I knew that I knew it was going to happen when he was home. I, I wasn't shocked because I think that Captain Foster, this entire series has been just a loser, like just a loser overall. And I feel like he acted and behaved the way that he did in the prison because that was his way of getting power and getting some type of recognition because he didn't get that in real life. And, you know, when his father, I, I think that really pinched him when his father said, we have the same name and now you just tarnished it. Um, hearing that from his father, it seems like there was something deeper there, something that I didn't even need to see. But just that he got that disapproval from his dad, just I could tell that it devastated him. And I think what other way would Foster go out other than a loser way? Like that's such a, like, I don't see him owning up to his responsibilities because this entire series, he's been putting it on other people. He's been lying. He's been going around corners. He's just is a loser and losers don't like ever <laughs> get what they have coming because they, they don't just, win. They lose. They, they lose. Just, mm. So he just, <laughs> so this, way out of it. Yeah. I mean, I have to say like they, this episode 
it was pretty traumatic, like pretty dr- dramatic seeing this moment with him um, committing suicide. And But they left, this episode did a good job about leading his emotional state up to that point. Then, you know, the comment with his dad, um, the fact that he would lose his pension. So like now his family has no support. Like, and all of these domino, it was a domino effect. And so you can see that like his state of mind was not in the, in the, in the right place to deal with, deal with what he did. Um, And it, I feel like this character would, I feel like that's the way he would have done it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, but it was pretty, it was still like jarring. To watch that, it was a lot. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I fear too. And I was going to ask you too, Jeff, while you answer because Dot, you did make mention of the element of his father. Now, I feel like in terms of character development, they really didn't give us, like you said, it felt like there had to be something else there for him to have that commentary. We knew that he lived with him because he was in the chair across the room, but we really didn't get to experience or see, you know, how this relationship that appears to be torn with his father influences. Um, who he is. Go ahead, Jeff. I hated that 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 little clip or like tidbit about his dad being in there. And this is coming from a person that shares the same name as my father. And like I like like you said, I needed something. Why are you just coming here and saying, "Oh, you're tarnishing my name"? Who are you? <laughs> you're sitting in the family room with the with the um like ventilator you could barely breathe like you never we never got anything as an audience member to care what you think the only thing that i would have cared about is if he would have pulled like uh um marie's dad and said you need to fix this for your wife now that's something i would have cared about him saying that you need to fix this for my name you can kick rocks i, I mean at, at the end of the day like but like to to Emily's point, I think it was it was so realistic because he he was in the jail cell. He had spent 32 years there. He was trying yeah. to, to do what he needed to do. He got messed up with the wrong people because Cassius, he went to his parents' house or to his family's house and threatened his parents. Like, what can you do? It's right easy now. to be a loser when you don't really have a choice. You know what I'm saying? Like he yeah. kind of forced into some of the some of the situations, not all of them. He was forced in some yeah. of the situations. And then to see him like taking off his his um his jacket and realizing that he's not a uh, a police officer anymore. Mm-hmm. At first, I thought he was like, oh, so we're gonna see him deal with like jail cell life, being a prisoner and stuff. And then when he killed himself, it made sense because the scene right before that, he said he doesn't have um employment anymore. Like um he's not gonna get any money right. from no his thirty two yeah. years. No, no, yeah. he's not gonna get any benefits or anything. So when he kills yeah. himself he might get life insurance for his wife and for his family members so they can still have something so his wife can still have something but him not being there. I mean, so it was, usually it was a lot you of emotion. yeah usually life insurance doesn't cover that <laughs> and then I, also just um, that's, being that's him. above my pay grade i just that's what i yeah. thought as a as no, a viewer right. i was like i was like if you're if yeah. you don't get that no, he's trying like, to think outside the box yeah yeah right well but what's hard is him. i wish he w- oh sorry uh, I was going to say, just seeing Captain Foster in prison for those couple of minutes or whatever, yeah. I, like, of course he's going to take his life. Like, he, there's yeah. no, he couldn't handle it anyway, because they yeah. were going to tear him to shreds. And he knew that. So it's like, which way do I want to go out? Do I want to yeah. do it or let them? <laughs> yeah, what's, what's so hard is like, what I was thinking about after this episode and after he took his life is, I was thinking if he just went to the warden and like fessed up, 
and said, hey, I, 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 you know, because even in the interrogation in this episode, he said, oh, no, I didn't see anything. Um, you know, I didn't find anything when I was searching. Um, it, if he just said, hey, I made a mistake. I got, my life was threatened. I had, my family was threatened. If he just went to the ward and said, hey, I did these things and I caused this mess. And hey, I was, did the drug trade thing. And I, I feel like he would have been able to handle it. And I feel like people would have helped him. But this is more dramatic. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, it's the difference as well in terms of we talk a lot about integrity. You know, some yeah. people have it, some people don't. It's all human yeah. nature. We get to see both sides of it. But, for, you know, it's easy to look and see, like, oh, wow, there is a way out of this. But for mm -hmm. somebody like him, even that's not a way out because you still have consequences that you're going yeah. to have to experience and, and deal with. But I do want to go ahead and switch gears and jump into Aaron, um, his life on the inside, because they created so much anxiety in my spirit. I mean, just going back and forth, we knew he had a concussion, then the oh. warden had did what she needed to do so he can get transferred, and then the old warden had him transferred back, and then it's like, he's going up, he's in solitary, and I'm just like, like you said earlier, Emily, just the amount of trauma that everybody experienced this episode, particularly his character, and just still have to figure out they have enough oomph in you to kind of make it into court and do well. So I really started to to feel for Aaron. And, you know, we've seen him over the course of 12 episodes. It's like, you know, we get down to that final final hour. Are you going to be able to pull it together or is it starting to weigh, uh, weigh down and against you? Jeff, what do you think about what we got to see out of Aaron um, tonight? It was, it was great. Like the acting, the emotions, everything was great to me because I, I mean, like he was the conductor of this roller coaster that I was on. You know, I mean, from, from like first getting out of the infirmary with like the big gash and stuff to like having the um, vision of his wife, Jamal, and his daughter and the future grandson. Like it was, it was so much going through his mind and we got to see all of it. It was so cool to see like, just even when he was on the bus, I was sweating because I was like, what's taking so long? And like, you just tell, and like him like breathing easy when he gets out and stuff. Like we, like we were with him throughout this whole episode and it was, it was great to see but like, I have a question on one thing, because when when he was puking in the in the jail cell in the first and before he got transported, do you think he was puking because he was sick or that he was trying to get the medicine out? Because he had talked about trying to get the med, he didn't want to take the medicine so he could be good for the jail cell. But I was like, I didn't say I didn't see him throw up again in the second half when he took yeah. the medicine again. So that's why I wanted to ask you guys. I think he was yes. sick. Yeah, so he okay. was puking because he got hit in the head and he had a concussion. And so that's one of the side effects and symptoms of a concussion is you're going to throw up a lot. Um, so that's, that's how I took it. I thought about that too, Jeff, when I saw it. I, I wouldn't mind if they carried the story that way. It would have made sense to like who he is. But after, after the second point when I saw he took a cell, I was like, oh, okay, um, that then that's not it. But I had a question too, since you did mention the bandit scene, and then I'll get to Dot uh, and Emily just kind of sharing more of your take on Aaron and, and just all the scenes that we see, like you said, the sigh of relief. But just to jump forward to the scene where he was seeing Jamal and Marie, now... Did y'all notice we saw he had the bandage on and then he had the bandage off where the wound that looked horrible was exposed and then they put it back on. Did anybody catch that? 
did anybody I was just like okay is there a reason wait so oh. it was it, it went well, on and off in the in the dream in the sequence in the sequence so oh, it, started, it started without the band I just noticed because I was like oh well, I thought Jamal I thought better. Jamal took it off to like wipe his sweat off mm, no it was oh, Marie Marie that. did that's what it was so I think it was like trying to like fix the wound in his mm-hmm. in his mind no, okay. it was nasty. That would make sense. And then when it got to Maria or other people, yeah. he didn't have it on. Like, when yeah. got to his friends. Yeah. Okay, okay. I was just like, okay, what are y'all Yeah, and it's a hallucination. So you're just kind of, you know. Out of it. Out, out of, of it. it. Yeah. But so let's talk about, or just a bit more, I guess, what we see or feel that Aaron had to experience. I mean, Jeff, like you just talked about, just the first, that moment when he was on the bus and everybody was trying to get him out, the first lady was like, ugh. It's gonna be my tail, and the guy was like, "I'll take it." And then we're ha- and you, you just physically see him. Just I feel like I heard it. I heard the prayers. Right. Just like, oh, I'm out of here. Like that type of acting is what's necessary to drive it. What, what? Um, you go first, Scott. What did you think? Um, I mean, the whole time I was watching Aaron, it just really put into perspective for me how important this court date was. Here you are after this huge brawl. You've had an entire concussion. Your friend might be dead, and all you can think about is, are you going to make it to court the next day? And that's when I really was like, this has to happen. This man can barely see out of his eyes, and he is still trying to get there. And I love the way they made it such a hurdle, and I loved how it was so... Um, I I was like, he's not going to make it. He's not going to make it. And every time he did, I was like, yes, yes. But I was like waiting for it. And I absolutely love that they let him get all the way there, resting and studying for some stuff to pop off. Because it's like we was waiting the whole time. They waited till our minds were at ease and we were settled. I thought that that was excellent writing. And that was like a really fun part of watching it. But I just also love and admire Aaron's strength and how he has been able to still keep a level head and how he has still been able to keep his calm and his cool. We have seen Aaron lose his temper sometimes, but at this moment, this is when I really wanted to see him just like completely go off the radar because this is when it would be warranted. You're so close. The pressure of that court date, all that has just happened. I, I thought he was still playing it too safe. I want to see him agitated, frustrated, going crazy, losing his mind. I need that because that's how I feel. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And maybe we'll hear and see more of that when he gives his opening statement. And like you said, they just did a really good job of kind of that build up and that record. Because I'm just like, oh, they'll push it back. But when they told us, they they granted you the favor by doing it a day. It was either a day or three months. And he's like, it'll set them back years. I was like, okay, where do we go from here? What about I you, Emma? Yeah, I, I was so anxious as well with you, uh, with what you guys said. Like, I I was worried when he got sent back to the prison. He, you know, he was at Rikers and then back, right? And I was so worried because he was not only battling his injuries and, like, he had bruises in it on his stomach and, and like, had I think he might have had broken ribs and stuff because he was having trouble breathing. I was so terrified that he wouldn't have like the mental capacity to go and like have his retrial and and present and be the lawyer that we know he is. And um, I was so anxious that, um, that there was all these outside factors that were affecting his moment that he needed. And it could have, you know, like, 
like Keith, you said, it could have been pushed back three years. You know, they tried to get a continuance of three months, which would, that you can't wait that long because mm-hmm. lives are on the line. And I feel like this episode, like creatively and the arc and the suspense and how it was written was really well done. And I was like yeah, on the edge of my seat. Feel. I was like angry and you're right. Dot, I feel like he should be angry. I feel like Aaron, I feel like the moment he should have been angry was when he was told that he was going to go back. That's what and I then he got sent back. Him to just be like, not like he, it was just too yeah. easy. He was like, y'all got the wrong person. Wait, huh? What? No, yeah. I think that is when I would be like, absolutely not. Like, yeah, but then like, also okay, you like, dude, yeah, then they might like. Is with, you know, A, I'm kind of out of it. And then B, he's been in jail for all these years. I think there's a amount of just knowing like how the game goes or you know, whatever. And then too, we have to realize that we just got up into the courtroom. So I think we'll get to see a lot of that displayed in his argument and his opening statement. I'm hoping for some beautiful monologues and to say my mm-hmm. predictions, but I think it'd be really good. And we'll get to see probably some of that challenge him as he tries to present his case and just continue to overcome um, what his body is experiencing. We didn't get to see a lot of factors outside his outside life. We saw Marie, Jasmine, Darius in the courtroom. One thing I wanted to make a note of is just how resourceful and resilient is Marie. It's like a black woman, a black mother. You tell me no, 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 no. I got an idea. Come on and get dressed. And we're gonna so find smart. Yeah. The yeah. only person who knows what's going on. That's right. love she's right like, there. Yeah, that's she's like, love. I, yeah. She's like, I know how to get to the warden. And she's like, I, and then goes to like the campaign office. Like who does that? <laughs> it was brilliant. <laughs> when she said that, I was thinking that she was going to go because she kind of has a relationship with the warden, but not the warden's wife. So I was like, oh yeah, she's not playing around. No, she oh, was not totally. playing <laughs> And then, okay. So any other elements I'm trying to see, we, we talked about the warden. We talked about the COs. Now, uh, that'll be prediction just in terms of I'm trying to figure out what the new prison is going to look like how he's going to experience it because we know it's not going to be um Masary and it's not going to be Cyrus because she's put down uh her foot and her wife had told her it may come down to either your job or your reforms which one do you want and she led with the reforms let me ask this question that last guy who she met with I can't recall his name but what um what do you guys think the primary purpose is just having that one-on-one and experience with him he's somebody who we saw early on we haven't really seen much of him uh since then so what do you think uh that does for the show jeff i think it i think he's just a piece of the puzzle because we saw like you said we saw the warden's wife say it you need to pick either your job Mm -hmm. or your um your reforms but it was it was him to like have to say like you also needed that face to also say look what do you want i know you're blackmailing me but like you know you can't have your job back and your reforms so he needed to be that face and she needed to have someone to also blackmail to get aaron back to like he was a he was a chess piece or a checker piece to a lot of different other other things that needed to happen yeah Mm -hmm. and like she has you know and she has dirt on him she knows like who signed the papers for Cassius's like transfer? And there's so many breadcrumbs that she has found that she's picked up, and she's making a breadbasket and she's gonna bring it, you know. And and I think it's gonna help Aaron's case in the long run that she's going for the reform versus uh, her job. 
Yeah, right. I totally think it's a way of her to still have her foot in that prison. Mm-hmm. She may not have her job, but I feel like she's going to be the puppeteer. She's still going to be running things because now she has this person who has to do what she says, and he seems like he has a lot of power. So she's yeah. like, all right, I don't need to be physically there, but I'll be there. My presence exactly. will be <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think that and- person, are we sure who, 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 what role that that gentleman is is he like i think he's on the board he's on the board of like the prison reform or committee yeah committee okay but i was also talking about the the last the the prisoner who she was talking to like they're gonna need you they listen to Mm. you they respect you Mm. you know and i guess that probably was just showing how defined she is by her reforms like being faced with the reflection Mm -hmm. of somebody like that it makes it it makes it all worth it and and it shows how much she was respected by the inmates and the prisoners that they were like, we know you're probably not going to be here, but we we appreciate everything that you did do. So like it was cool to see it both both ways that she appreciated them. She treated them like they were humans, and they noticed it. Yeah, yeah I, I yeah I love this moment uh, because it showed the trust that they both have for each other, and that. Uh, he's respected in with among the inmates and she knows like hey i can send you a message of like strength and hope and like hey you know i'm here for you no matter what even though i'm not here uh and i feel like that's gonna gonna help change and affect the the inmates and i also think that again you know these inmates can continue and carry on with what she put in place as long as they're in the right mind state the room may have changed and the way they meet may change but they just need that extra push to stay on that right track and i feel like you know they can figure out ways whether it's in the cafeteria or whether it's out when they're working out but it's just that same little pinch of like hey i won't be here but you guys got it and you guys are going to be great and let's keep up with what we already had because if you the people continue then ultimately you can't really be stopped absolutely and it's always just good to see that element of hope you know like she was saying in the ending of her narration just you know maybe my job was just to do this to get this one person because they deserve it that much and each week Jeff you hit us up and let us know about people who are given that chance um, to have hope in the For Life and Back segment. So let's go ahead and talk about it. Yeah, and like you said, For Life and Back is when we highlight different people that have been wrongfully in prison and then hopefully an exonerated and just stories from that or around that. And this is this is more around that because uh, today I wanted to highlight uh, Lavon Brooks and Kennedy Brewer because they were two of many that are highlighted in this um, feature. But those are two that were wrongfully imprisoned for killing um, they were actually wrongfully in prison for killing two different um, three-year-olds at different times, which is which is ironic, which is ironic in a bad way, obviously. But one served 15 years, the other one served 18 years, um, both being wrongfully convicted back in the 90s. But um, Oxygen is actually holding a nine-part documentary series, which is going to encompass all, which which is going to encompass those two stories and many more. And I just wanted to highlight this. Um, the show that Oxygen is doing, it's called The File, and it's going to be on Netflix, but it is Oxygen producing it. What was the name of it? It's called The Innocence Innocence File. So definitely look that up on Netflix because it actually recently came out. 
And the quote that they said is they want to expose the difficult truths about the state of America's deeply flawed criminal justice system. So like it, it hit cause like, obviously they're telling these stories about these spe specific people that, um, that got wrongfully imprisoned, but they're, they're exposing the whole justice system, justice system. And it's just a beautiful way. It's on Netflix and it's just more, more like information, more bringing it to the forefront because we need to, we need to know about this so we can fix it and change it so we don't have to talk about it anymore. Yeah, and I'll give you guys a fun fact. I actually had seen, I think, the first two or so episodes on Netflix of The Innocent Styles of Project. So I have a friend, uh, he lives in Mississippi. He's a lawyer. You guys know I'm planning to go on law school. So he's already been telling me like, oh, you should apply to the University of Mississippi, go here. So I had saw the county that he's now the state's attorney of uh, was up there. I'm like, oh, they're on the Innocent Project or whatever it is. And he was like, oh yeah, you know, that's another reason why maybe you should go to Mississippi University. When I was in law school, I was a part of the Innocent Project, you know, just blah, 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 blah. So mm -hmm. just a little fun fact, but it's nice to see like in this day and age, there's just so, so much more, you know, responsibility and just sharing information, whether it's that project on Netflix or um, how to fix a drug scandal, just completely there's so much that goes wrong and is corrupt so it's just nice to see like how it goes wrong and then to what we can do to try to to rectify it. and I feel like we're getting so much more of that in news in media all over so I definitely want to continue to to check that out um and see see what else they have to offer and then to piece in our news Emily you got any news and gossip this week yeah so uh not much I've been kind of scouring it for news season two i've been searching there's no word i've checked all on twitter um so we're gonna have to keep an eye out for that but uh curtis jackson's book is out so you guys should go check it out and he just has been releasing clips of the audiobook on twitter as well so you can go check that out and kind of get a glimpse into that and so he, i feel like that would be amazing to hear the audiobook just from from his voice uh to our ears would be awesome <laughs> so if yeah. uh, you want to go check that out uh you can oh yeah i need i need curtis jackson telling me how i succeed how <laughs> exactly I succeed. how you can hustle and, and like, like on my way to yeah. work when we when we eventually drive back to work i need curtis jackson telling me how to succeed yeah, yeah. So i can't wait hustle, for that. hustle harder <laughs> yeah. no i definitely am planning to check that out and something else i saw on instagram so the Aaron's best friend, the character who plays him, mm -hmm. his name is Dorian Mystic. He's on Instagram, mm -hmm. follow him. But I thought it was really cool. He's married to, I can't think of her name, but she plays on All Rise, the judge mm -hmm. on that show. When she's and a judge on there? She, she plays the judge, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love and her. And get this, for their season finale, they did it all remotely, all the actors were all right. So he ended up getting featured mm -hmm. because he does like a little DJ set or something. So, you know. That's, that's cool. Really cool. You know, I thought that was that's so interesting. Dope. But I forgot, that's I didn't fun. know that like, oh, that's so, that's so cool. They both were kind of. So I wonder how their household is. is. They're both in these like court-like shows. So <laughs> I know, hey. right? I wonder if they have like little court sessions in the living room. <laughs> all I'm saying <laughs> is just. All Rise got season two already. So she already knows she's on the season two. So she, yeah. she's holding all the cars in the family right now. 
Yeah. Like maybe you could be on my show. Right, right, right. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, in the next couple of weeks, hopefully before, I always yeah. like to know before the season finale I or right after this time back. I hate having to wait and wait and wait. But I just yeah. wonder what's going to happen there. And we get the chance now to move into predictions that we can start to figure out do we think it's going to be a season two? Yes or no? And then let's go into what do you guys think we're going to see in this final episode? We know that Aaron is doing his retrial. What What are they going to give us? Um, Emily, you could start. Oh, me? Uh, so I think uh, I, I want to see some dramatic, uh, dramatic action in the courtroom. I want to see some surprise witnesses. I think there's going to be some surprise appearances and testimonies that we maybe people we haven't heard from yet but have heard of um i think uh let's see i think the the um the warden is gonna help out what's her name again i forgot Mazarine, <laughs> um, Sophia, Mazarine, yeah she's gonna she's gonna help out a lot i think there's gonna be i think people i think it's gonna be an episode where people are gonna like come together for aaron and I think there's going to be people coming out of the woodwork to make this happen. I don't think there's going to be a uh, a verdict, but I think mm. we're going to get to a point where we feel some type of closure that he gets to gets to be in a good place. Okay, and you think we're going to season two? Um, I mm, yeah, I feel like if they have a plan for season two I feel like I could see one happening okay what about you Jeff oh I first off I definitely see there's gonna be a season two I just want to know how they're gonna incorporate um Aaron with the jail cell now because I assume after the first or second episode of season two he's gonna get out because if we remember this is an episode or he is just trying to get his full case back like he is not yeah. this is not his full case this is just to get there Be, so they can't do all that in one episode yeah, yeah so yeah. he can't get the retrial yet so he is for sure going to be in jail through the rest of this season unfortunately that has been my prediction is going to stay my prediction and with that being said I think it's going to come to a Marie and Darius and I think she's going to be like I'm in love with with Aaron and Darius I don't even know if he's going to even ask because I think he's going to know Okay, oh, I totally forgot about that. that. What do you think? <laughs> well, you guys know I was thinking that Aaron was getting out. And at this point, it's mm. very clear and obvious he is not getting out of jail this season. No, so there will absolutely be a season two. I don't know if they ever confirmed, confirmed that Cassius and Jamal were dead. They're, yes. No, they're not. They're, they're not. Because before, critical they said they were... Yeah, they said there's four. So no, there's no word on if they're alive or mm -hmm. dead yet. So my prediction so is... Cassius is coming back. <laughs> hey, yeah. okay. What's gonna happen with Jamal? I'll take it. I'll take it for me. I definitely I, think we're going to season two. Um, I definitely think we'll see the preliminary of his retrial, like you guys have said. We'll just to see that play out. But I think season two, episode one shows us what happened um with the trial. That's what I think. I know we got we have so much more. I have so many more questions, but we're just about out of time. So as always, we can keep the conversation going keep it alive and well all over social media jeff what's your handle at jeff will jr and all your social media platforms especially the dm so i'll see you guys in there so we can continue <laughs> continue 
that conversation. Died, I don't know if you're jumping in his DMs or not, but where can people find you if they want to holler? I'm staying far away from his DMs. She's pro- hey, far she's, away she's married. from mine. She's married. I am engaged, so stay out my DMs. Uh, but always ask me for questions at Dot McDonald's on all <laughs> social media platforms. Emily, where are you at? Oh my gosh, you can message me everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, at Emily May Heller. I love it. And I'm all over social media at Keith underscore Andre. We will meet back here next week for the season finale. We'll catch you guys. Yeah, I want none of the smoke. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.